This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Finn Podcast. I'm Brian. It's Josh. Brian and Jay. Justin Nichols. It's Ricketts. And I'm Brad. Susie Roloff. Sam Jones. We've got Dan Perry with the Bass Fist Moves. Final cast. Jason the Tide, Saltwater Second Girl. Adventures with Outdoor Women. The Real Down Up. Cyber Monday. Happy birthday, you listeners. Oh, guys. This is a stud. He is a giant. Mr. Drew Gregory himself. Got it. Got what is up, everybody? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is live stream number two for me today. <laughs> Uh, if you guys missed it, uh, me and Jason Ricketts were live over on the Jackson Kayak Facebook page. Feel free to go back and watch that. We were chatting with Mr. Russell Johnson. Super interesting dude. Some great stories over there. Uh, I already see we got my man Chris Johnch in the... I, don't, I always mess up last names, man. I don't even know why I try. But we got him in the chat. He says, is this real or a dream? I'm assuming that's because this is live stream number two. So you're getting a double dose of Brian this evening. Um, if you guys are tuning in, please go down lower left-hand corner, click the share button, and, uh, you know, get this thing going. 
Uh, I see Justin Hausner in the house. What's up, brother? Hope the uh, the little the little boy is doing good. I know uh, you sent me a picture. He is growing like a root. Um, Robert Whetstone, what's up, my man? Justin Staley in the house. Oh man, we got all kinds of people joining in here tonight. Um, shout out to Angler. Uh, we're partnered up with Angler now. If you guys aren't familiar with their platform, go and download the little app, Angler app. Uh, huge community in the fishing world uh, over there. They've been sharing our stuff, so we want to show them some love. If you don't have an Angler button, get one. If not, keep staying tuned to these. We might be giving one away. So, uh, epic guest tonight, man. Uh, we got uh, Austin Mitchell in the his house. What's up? And uh, we're going to be talking to him. Uh, interesting character. Does some interesting stuff up in the Wisconsin area. Fly fishing out of a kayak for muskie. I mean, how many guys do that? Not very many. So, without further ado, let's let's pull my man in here, and uh, we'll get chatting with him. What's up, my brother? How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, not too shabby. Just uh, you know, work working the streets. You know, in this whole uh, you I know, hear ya. I hear you. <laughs> it's live stream game. <laughs> it's been it's been a crazy week, but. It's good to yeah. be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to have you on, man. I know uh, we were fortunate enough. We just picked you up for the Rocktown Adventures kayak yeah. fishing team. Yeah, so it's we'll exciting. Get, we'll get into a little bit of that. You just got put on the new canoe team as well. That's yep. even more exciting. Yep, big things and this year. So It's sweet, man. It's sweet. So um, real quick, I see a bunch of people are jumping on. Guys, gals. Click that share button. Drop in the comments where you're tuning in from. Uh, I see we got Bradley John. What's up, brother? Justin Hausner again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The boss man's in here. Mr. Matt Gibson. <laughs> Got to be on my best behavior now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No talking bad about Matt. <laughs> but... Uh, We'll start it off with the age-old question, my friend. Um, you know, how you got into to fishing and kayak fishing and all that good stuff, man. Yeah, so fishing, just kind of, since I was a kid, just started doing it. Um, my dad's big into it. Um, just grew up in a household that was outdoorsy, hunting, fishing, all that kind of stuff. Um, I grew up in Black Earth, Wisconsin, so um, the Black Earth Creek runs through there. Ooh. So tug fly it, fishing. Tug it. You're tugging at my heartstrings yeah. right now, man. <laughs> yeah, so fly fishing, just kind of growing up there, um, none of my family really did it, and I would always just ride down to the creek and see guys doing it. So I remember I started when I was 10, um, nice. and uh, my dad got me my first fly rod, and we didn't actually know anything about fly fishing, so I remember the first year I actually just fished with backing on it instead of actual fly line because he didn't want to spend the $50 or whatever it was at the time to get the real fly line. Right, so we right. couldn't, I, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong for like the first year that I was fly fishing. Cause I couldn't cast or do anything. And finally we got the right line or whatever. Nice. So that's kind of how it started. Um, just fly fishing, trout, stuff like that. Eventually moved into 
more the warm water stuff being close to the Wisconsin River and all that smallmouth pike stuff like that and then eventually um probably six years now I've been really focusing on the musky game stuff like that so and then as far as kayak fishing goes um just 16 you need a boat something like that didn't have a lot of money so got a cheap you know walmart kayak started out in um and just kind of went on from there i fished out of a jackson uh kilroy for a while and then actually um sold that and i was fishing out of a boat actually for the longest time i had an old ranger bass boat 16 foot 90 horsepower was fishing out of that for a long time and for me my style of fishing I, I always wanted to be as versatile as I can with the boat, with how I fish, with the species, um, and just traveling over the state, you hit so much different water that for me, the kayak was really the only boat that I could do that with solo. Okay. Cause, um, I fish bigger water around here in Madison, the Madison chain, stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, I'm lucky enough to have in-laws who have a cabin up on the Chippewa flowage. And there's so many rivers and stuff like that around there that you're either in a canoe, a drift boat or a kayak. So to be able to do that really only, there's only a couple of options and to be solo, how I fish most of the time, a kayak was the best choice. So I was fishing out of a Jackson Mayfly for a while. And then um, last year made the switch to new canoe very cool very cool yeah and, and you're in the frontier 10 now right 12 12 yeah yeah yep. the 12 very the big cool. boy i need a i need a little bit more room being six five so the, the 12 <laughs> is the the way to go sure sure i know how that goes man yeah we're about that we're about the same height yep. so yeah yeah it's it's not the easiest thing when you're a tall guy so yeah yeah that's that's super cool man so um you know what you're just north of madison just south of wisconsin dells for those that are tuning in man so like what what's your go-to kind of body of water up there if you don't mind spilling the beans on that no uh, i fish the wisconsin river quite a bit um okay i live up i live in prairie de sac so um the prairie de sac dam is the last dam on the wisconsin river before it hits the mississippi So it's all considered the lower Wisconsin there. So um, great smallmouth fishing, um, muskie, pike, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then otherwise, if I'm not fishing the Wisconsin, I fish the Madison chain quite a bit. Um, And then a bunch of different little local ponds and stuff like that, depending on what I'm doing. But yeah, the Wisconsin River is kind of my main go-to as far as smallmouth, muskie, that kind of stuff. Right on, man. I mean, is uh, is Madison Chain got muskies in it? Right? Yeah, they yep. do, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madison has a is big it... population. Um, so there's the chain. So it's Mendota, Monona, Wabisa, and Wingra. So Monona, Wabisa, and Wingra all have muskies, and then Mendota has a big pike in it. Yeah, right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Because, because. Uh, uh... Wabisa, there's always muskie fishermen out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Wabisa's uh, Wabisa gets hit pretty hard, um, because it's a little bit smaller. It's not as small as Wingra, 
but you still have that potential of an upper 40s, even 50 class inch fish in Wabisa. Um, Wingra has a high population, but it's a smaller size. And then Monona, you're going to get your bigger, but it's deeper water, a little bit bigger. Um, nice. So yeah, that's kind of, you get a selection of all three, depending on what you want to do. So you said you started out with trout and then you kind of, you know, moved over to some warm water fishing. I mean, yep. what ended up driving you to the muskies? I mean, what what was that all about? I've always fished for muskies since I was a kid. My dad grew up doing it and everything like that. So I've always gear fished for them ever since okay. I was a kid. But the more that I started to fish Madison, you realize how many of those fish have seen every single lure. They've seen, they've seen every single bucktail. They've seen every single glider, every single topwater a million times. Um, Cause you go out on a June day and there's on a Wednesday night and there'll be, you know, 40 boats out there casting musky lures. Right. So for me, I knew I could cast the fly. I was good enough at it. I could, you know, handle all that. It was just figuring out the type of equipment that I needed mm-hmm. and around my area at least it's it's big up north around the hayward area fly fishing for muskie but down where i am especially in the madison area it's not really that big it it wasn't at least when i started there was a few people doing it but i knew those fish really hadn't seen anything like what you could do with a fly rod so that was the big motivator for me was just something different to throw at those really high pressured fish that's interesting. So the live stream we did earlier, um, I'm trying to relate these two because uh, Russell Johnson, we were talking to him and, you know, he's mostly fishing bass tournaments out of a kayak. Yeah. And he was talking about how he loves to throw a four inch grub. Yeah. Like a twist, like twister tail grub, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'll annihilate him on anybody of water. And, you know, that's kind of like what you're saying, man. Like how many people do you know that go out and throw four inch exactly all the time you know exactly but you damn sure that those fish have seen uh uh you know chatter bait uh swim bait you know swim jig like a million times so it's like changing that up a little bit man like increases your chances and i mean yeah we're talking musky you know it's the old saying the fish of ten thousand casts or whatever so exactly you know um it's cool and you were talking about the hayward area yeah um so i actually found out about that um brad bowen they call him the godfather right the godfather of fly fishing for skis yeah he kind of pioneered it there was there was people um kind of in the same time period as him but he really pioneered the whole he invented a lot of flies that get used today he obviously guided and taught a lot of people a lot of guides now even went through him and learned about it so yeah he was kind of the the grandfather of it all i guess yeah 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 well he's got his own um uh, material company i know he does like during hunting season he'll sort through pelts to find like the specific tails and feathers i mean i saw him for the first time gosh man I'm dating myself now. I think it was like, uh, it was like 2010, 2011. Yeah. Something like that. When he was on the fly fishing film tour, there was a guy out of Chicago. uh, 
God, I think his name is Third Year Fly Fisherman. Yeah. Yep. They did uh, film back a while yeah. ago. Uh, Musky Country. Yep. I'm sure you guys can find that on YouTube. Just type in Musky Country. Yeah, I think Dude, it's still. I think you still have to pay for it. Zero to Hero. It's called. I think you can get it on Vimeo. Yeah. You yep. can see. I, actually, I was on that recently, and I think you can watch like a good there's five yeah. minute trailer or yeah something there's like a trailer that. for it it's if you're interested in musky on the fly it's definitely one of those like must watch at some point kind of things like if you're getting into oh, it yeah. it's kind of like it's hard to explain it's just one of those must watch kind of things so yeah i i highly recommend it it's a it's a great film I remember after seeing it, I was like, I'm going home. I'm going to tie some musky yeah. flies. We're going to yep. go catch some huge fish. Let's yep. do this. Yep. And I tied some flies, and that was... That was about it. No, nah, I threw them a couple times. But <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I caught more basket, bass and pike on them than anything. But, You'd be uh, surprised. I It shocked me how many big bass I'll get on like a 10-inch you know, streamer or something like that. Yeah. I, you get them all the time. Like even two, three pounders, like just crushing. And you want, you know, the big swim baits that they throw out East. Like now, you know why, once you start throwing musky gear, cause a 14 right. inch bass will come up and hit your 12 inch musky fly. Like it's nothing. So it's, <laughs> it's fun, but it's one of those cases where the little guy thinks he's the tough guy. And exactly. The biggest thing in the past. Exactly. You know? That's hilarious. Yeah, I remember seeing films of that stuff, and and they were catching like you know huge smallmouth walleye yeah. stuff like that up on the Chippewa flow. Yeah, that's. I mean, if if I mean we got people tuning in from all over the country right now, but you know if you guys ever find yourself in Wisconsin, definitely hit northern Wisconsin, the Chippewa flowage, the Hayward area. Yeah, like I mean that's just fishermen's paradise up there. Yeah. You could drive an hour in any direction and be on probably over a hundred different oh, it's, of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Hayward area. And then you get over to like Eagle river and stuff like that. And oh, it's yeah. just, there's just water everywhere. everywhere and all of them hold musky pretty much. I mean, it's hard to find a body of water up there. Even I love going up there and hitting a lot of the smaller lakes Sure. Um, just with the kayak, just because it's a little bit easier. It gets you out of the wind and stuff like that. But there's so many just little pockets up there that hold really nice numbers of fish and all that. And then you can go hit bigger water and go for your trophy class fish too. So yeah, it's a great area. I love going up there. Very cool, man. So, so let's run through your boat real quick. How yeah. you got that set up? And I know you just got a new little toy I that you're did. adding to I did. it as well. So, yeah. I mean, what's your typical setup for fly fishing? And I want to talk about your fly box too, because yeah. that's pretty unique as well. Yeah, we can run through it. Um, yeah. So, you're like, I got the box. Right I was gonna, here, bro. I think it's still out in the garage. But oh. um, yeah, uh, I run a Frontier Twelve. Um, so this year I'll actually normal last year I didn't, but this year I'm actually running a motor guide. I'll have an XI three up front, 45 pound, um, trolling motor. And then, um, I have a, uh, up bar, um, just for the fact of when I was paddling, standing up, um, I fish 90% of the time standing up when I am musky fishing. So having that paddle, um, I have a, um, 
paddle holder on the stand-up bar. So when I'm standing up, being able to hold that paddle up closer to me is what I run. And then um, just the regular seat. And then in the back, I'll have my uh, just-in-case fly box. And I run a special kind of net um, that my buddy made for He makes them called up. A lunker lander, he calls them. It's basically a cradle that attaches uh, right to your kayak. So, and that's kind of the basic setup that I run. This year it'll be a little bit different with the motor guide up front, but um, yeah, it should be should be fun. There's a there's a lot of guys um, that are are going nuts over the motor guide bow mount systems yeah and and especially with uh old town coming out with those new boats yeah um i knew something was coming i wasn't told what it was and then it yeah it dropped and i was like yeah that's gonna change some things but uh yeah it's kind of cool man you know to see see how everything has kind of evolved and you know, not only that for like your Wisconsin river trips, Chippewa river or Chippewa flowage, you know, yep. like for you to cover some water yeah, and not have to do a float. That's going to be yeah. huge. And the biggest thing for me was, um, just controlling the wind just because I'm standing up most of the time. Um, that's yeah. why, like when I told people that I wasn't getting the pedal drive, they're kind of like, why would you get a pedal drive? It's really nice. And the pedal drives are great. But for me, I'm standing up 90% of the time when I'm actually fishing. So I needed something that, um, one, kept the deck really completely clean um, because of all the fly line. And two, I just needed that control in the wind. So that's where that bow, that motor guide comes in is being able to control better in the wind positioning. Because a lot of musky fishing is just boat positioning. You'd be surprised yeah. about if you can get good boat positioning. Um that's almost half of it. Well, what what size fly rod are you running? What's so, like your go-to rod? Yeah, um, right now I'm running two. I have a 10, and then a, it's a 400, 500 grain. It's basically, basically an 11 weight. Um, 10 is kind of all around, kind of. If you're, you know, I'm going to get into musky fly fishing, I'm going to grab one rod. It's going to be a 10 weight probably. You can get away with a 9 um, but once you start getting up into those little bit bigger flies, a 10 is definitely going to be the way to go. And then I have an 11 just for those bigger, you know, 12, 13 inch flies. So, um, nice. yeah, 10 is, 10 is, I normally about probably 70% of the time I'm throwing my 10 weight though. What's the, what length? Nine foot? Nine foot. Yep. Nine yeah. foot on both of them. Yeah, so I bring that up because, you know, trying to sit in a seat and cast a nine-foot rod back yeah. and forth with a bunch of line, yep. that'll wear you down it's real difficult. quick. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, I'll do it some days, like smallmouth fishing and stuff like that, when, you know, you're not casting as far or something like that, a little bit lighter stuff. But for fly fishing, being able to stand up just makes it so much easier. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's the biggest thing is fly fishing standing up it's really it's not a necessary but it definitely helps heck yeah very cool man very cool so are you tying all your own flies or are you buying some mix um, of both yeah pretty much tying all mine um i have a few from just buddies and stuff that i've met 
uh, through Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that, fishing with. Um, but yeah, I tie most of my own. Um, everybody kind of has their own style of what they like. Um, for me, I prefer a really, really light fly um, just because I want to be able to fish that fly effectively all day without getting tired. Um, some people want as big and as bulky as they can get to move that water and stuff. Um, so there's a million different um, ideas and stuff out there. But yeah, I like to tie my own just for the fact nice. that I get, they are hard to come by. They're definitely getting easier um, to find people tying them and stuff like that. But yeah, you can tie your own style, tie what kind of fits your needs and stuff like that is the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of, of fly time, man, is you can kind of adjust where you need to and yep. make it exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, and it's usually cheaper, you know? <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. I think I've if I just bought a box of flies um, compared to all the stuff that I have laying around my tying desk now, yeah, yeah, I think I would be saving a bunch of money. I thought that right <laughs> away too. And then you start shelling out like six, $7 a bucktail and yeah. $25 for a pack of hackles and you need every single color. It, it gets pricey pretty quick, but it's yeah. fun. And like I said, it, it does, it is even nicer too when you get that musky on a fly you tied to it's oh, yeah. it's hard to beat it really is yeah. something that you created with your own hands that tricked this you know elusive fish it's it's really rewarding too so yeah man i couldn't agree more i got a couple of fly rods that i built so it's like i took it that step really further cool. yeah you know and it's just it's such a huge sense of accomplishment you know yep. like I don't know. Like I always say, like the only thing I didn't make was the reel and the fly line. Other yeah. than that, like, you know, I fooled that fish from start to finish, man. Exactly. It's, it's pretty crazy. Exactly. Um, we got a, a comment in here. Uh, if he might've missed it, I don't think you mentioned it though. What brand of rods are you using? Yeah. So um, I'm fishing my 10 weight is an echo three uh, S and then um, my 11 is a TFO ESOX. So it's okay. a specific um, musky fly rod. Um, Blaine Chocolate helped design it. Um, so yeah, the TFO ESOX is a great rod. Um, and I love my Echo 3S. Um, but the thing about fly rods is it's hard to tell people to go out and buy a brand. and Because every single brand is going to cast a little bit different for each person. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're looking first, get a price point, um, that you want to stick to and then go out and try a couple of rods in that price point, because I might tell you that I love casting the e-socks and you might go and cast it and not like it at all. The way that it feels when you're casting it, stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's not, um, I tell people like with casting setups and stuff like that for like bass and stuff like that, you can pretty much pick up a casting setup and like get it to work for you and stuff like that. With fly rods, it's a little different because um, just the way that you cast um, the style, the style rod can all make a big difference. The line that you put on it. Um, so definitely go out and try some, but yeah, I run an echo and a TFO. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah. Uh, my man, Justin said, thanks for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I know most fly shops, usually they got like a demo model, yeah. or, you know, or demo models kicking yeah. around that you can go try out yeah. um, at your local fly shop. I know yeah. up in Wisconsin, like my favorite go-to fly shop is Driftless Angler. Um, yeah. those guys are awesome. Yeah. And, uh, Matt's usually got some, some demos kicking around up yeah. there. I think Ju Justin's down in Indiana. I think moving waters outfitters, they should, I think they sell fly rods and okay. flies and yeah. stuff. They're an outfitter. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, the shop that, uh, Matt Gibson works with. Okay. And, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I think they, they have some rods and, and things like that down there. Not a hundred percent sure. Don't quote me. <laughs> Hit up Matt Gibson. He's in the chat. There you go. <laughs> Flipping the script on my man Matt tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, that's 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 certainly cool, man. I I, I love that whole like DIY aspect yeah. of of making the flies. Yeah. Um, Matt's in there. He says, "Sure, dude." So that means they <laughs> Go got hit the up. Uh, yeah, they got the uh, rods down there at Moving Waters, Justin. Uh, dude, it's so hard to keep track of where everybody's from. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, I, I remember you. that. I dude. hear you. <laughs> but um. So, so let's talk about this, man. You just got on New Canoe. You just yeah. got on Rocktown. Like, yeah. Like how, what, how are you feeling about that, I'm dude? I'm super mean... excited. Um, it's, you know, growing up fishing, you're always, like, trying to get, you know, thinking about, like, oh, being on a team and stuff like that. And um, for me, like, being on a team, um, it was more than just, like, oh, you get, you know, discounts and stuff like that. For me, it was never sure. that. For me, um, I always wanted to be with a company that I liked and I used their stuff and also backed me because for me, like what I want to accomplish with this whole fishing is um, more of like a teaching aspect, doing seminars, um, you know, stuff like this, podcast, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Because I just, I honestly love talking about fishing almost as much as I fish and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah for, sure. for me the biggest thing was just having a company behind me back those dreams and those That's goals, cool, man. No, I love that. And I mean, you and I got similar stories. I mean, let's face it, you know, two live streams today, just talking about yeah. like fishing, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was the thing, man. So, um, you know, me and Austin worked a, a show together up in, uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, yep. uh, this, this past winter, I don't know, a month and a half ago, something yeah. like that. And, um, it was cool, man, to see you interact. And, um, I know you got a lot of questions cause you had your boat rigged up. Yeah. Uh, you had your fly box. Oh, we didn't talk about that yet. Oh we yeah. About that. <laughs> uh, we had, uh, um, your boat rigged up, you had your flies out there and stuff like that. And I think that really threw people off. Cause I think yeah. most of the times, like, at least at that Madison fishing show, when people are walking through, if they see flies, it's normally trout flies. Yeah. And, you know, here's a dude that's got like huge 10, 12 inch flies just all lined up in this yep. clear, like the, the tackle box that he's got is super cool. Cause I, I remember I walked in, um, you had your boat set up and I was like, what the hell is that over there? And I was like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And he had a clear, it's like a clear, like, almost looks like plexiglass box yep. and then all your flies just hang yep. um in there dude and you had i don't know probably what 
30, 40 flies in there, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it fits about that much, yeah. Um, it's a little empty right now, but yeah, my just in case, that gets a lot of attention. Um, so the guy that makes it, actually, um, he started out making like custom boat boxes for um, like regular musky lures. So yeah, he'll nice. make you like basically a floor for your ranger or whatever, and you can put whatever musculars in it. And a couple of guys asked him, Hey, could you make a fly box for it? He said, sure. So that was one of the first ones uh, that came out and he's kind of had a couple different iterations of them. Uh, you can get one now that, you know, is only two slides and has a drawer in the bottom of it. And, um, Mine is the biggest one I think that you can get right now. I think it holds eight or nine slides in it. Um, nice. But yeah, different slides, a different way to mount. You can get foam in it and a whole bunch of different things. But yeah, he makes those in Minnesota just in case they're called. Nice. They're, it's super cool, man, because that clear plexiglass, you can see all those musky yeah. flies through the glass. Yeah. You know, I almost wish like the black pack was like that because instead of having to mark all my damn 7300 boxes yeah. on the top of, you know, which one's which and trying to sort through them, I could just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's the box I need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and half the half of fishing is just showing off, too. So if you can have the box and everybody sees it and ooze and ahs over it, you're, <laughs> you're halfway there already. So catching fish is just a bonus after that. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get a ton of questions like at a ramp and stuff. I mean, your boat is pretty uniquely set up. So, yeah. um, you know, and not only that, you're doing a unique style of fishing. I mean, like yeah, we talked about it at the beginning, man. Not a whole lot of people are fly fishing for muskies. Not a lot. Not a lot in my area, at least. We got a uh, my man Chris has a comment, and it's uh, do fishing teams have cheerleaders asking for a friend? <laughs> I mean, it depends. I, I'm I'm all for cheerleaders if you want to come in. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Chris, Chris, I appreciate it. Um. Yeah, so, um, sorry, sidetracked by another comment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, very unique, man. Yeah. Very unique setup. So, um, I mean, right now, water's kind of cold. You're probably not chasing muskies yet. Yeah, So, yet. You're, you've been out chasing trout, you said. Yeah. Uh, what's your What's your go-to setup for that? You wading mostly? Or are yep. you doing that um, in, the, in the yak, too? Or Not too much around this area. Uh, streams are a little bit small uh, to do a lot of like kayak trout fishing um so yeah i'm mostly walking wade stuff like that uh yeah a lot of walking wade um traveling around um and then whatever uh is biting kind of thing whatever's hatching um it's nice being in wisconsin because they have a um early season that opens the first saturday in january and then goes till October. So even before, you know, general fishing opens up here, um, beginning of May, there's still opportunities to get out, trout fish, do some catch and release, stuff like that. So it's nice to get out, enjoy some <laughs> open water, because I don't ice fish. So yeah, man, yeah, open water is nice to get on. Well, it was nice to see Wisconsin move that season back, because it used to be like the first weekend in march right yeah when the season would open up yep. and then yeah first i remember march. it's weird like 
you know, when it was that time, like you'd get some really nice days in like January yeah. and February, and you're like, yeah, yeah, go fly fishing right now. This is bullshit. Yeah, you know? and uh, all that good stuff. And now it's bumped up, and now it's like we don't get any nice days. So yeah. it's like, thank, thanks, yeah. Wisconsin. We'll get a couple nice days here and there, but right. yeah, come March, um, yeah, things really start to get going. So even April, April's one of my best times to get out and trout fish too because warmer weather bugs are starting yeah. to hatch and regular game still isn't open anyway regular game fish still isn't open anyway right. so yeah april can be killer trout stream fishing i know uh me and my man uh my good friend uh, eric um we went up there um there may be a video of this somewhere on youtube <laughs> i'll have to find it um, but we were up there and it was, uh, stayed up in Muscoda, I think, okay. was, which is right off the Wisconsin river, but we were yep. fishing that section north of there. And, um, it was April 1st, April fool's day. We woke up and it was like white out snowing. Really? We were like, serious, like what the <laughs> hell, you know, like we had been like looking forward to planning this weekend. Yeah. Cause I think we each took like a day or two off work and we spent like three or four days up there fishing Yeah. and sure enough, dude, wake up, white out. And I'm like, well, you know, we're not going to catch any fish from the hotel yeah. room, bro. Let's get there. You're there. So you yeah, well I, re I remember we fished in the snow and then most of it melted off by the afternoon, which kind of made for some murky waters, but, uh, it wasn't, wasn't too horrible you yeah know, but uh the snow melt um beginning of march uh mid-march it can be one of the tougher things because even um day-to-day -day wise it can change i know uh we would have a bite window from like noon to three mm -hmm. and then once that three o'clock window started to hit and that snow started to melt the streams would just cool off so quick and they would shut off yeah. So that's the one tough thing about this time of year is just hitting those windows right. But if you do, it can be it can be lights out. Killer day. Killer yeah. day. Yeah, it can be I've great. had days days like that where like we wouldn't catch anything in the morning and then like you said, like noon, yeah, water starts warming up. And I've had thirty, forty fish days. Like yeah. just just waiting, fishing the same hole. Yeah. Over and over. Uh, yeah. With the old uh, pink squirrel, that's uh, that's hard a, to that, beat sometimes of the year. Yeah, so. dude, that's a that's that's a northern Wisconsin staple, dude. Yep. If you're if you're fly fishing, and if you've never fly fished or been up to that southwest section of uh, Wisconsin, uh, they refer to it as the Driftless area. Yeah, super beautiful rolling hills i i refer to it as uh little colorado you know yeah. it reminds me of colorado rolling hit rolling hills like rolling mountains yeah um all these spring-fed streams all over the place and it's it's unique geographically because when the glaciers rolled through the midwest um this section wasn't hit by those glaciers yep. so that's why they're still there yeah um so super cool uh what's up to my man dylan in the chat tonight what's up little man hope you're doing well um but uh yeah man i mean i remember you know because me personally before i got into fly fishing i remembered thinking like fly fishing like colorado yeah. wyoming idaho montana you know and then 
I started doing some searching around, good old Google, Google's <laughs> your friend. And I'm like, I see all these guys like catching trout on Southwest Wisconsin. I'm yeah. Like, really? Like, this is only a couple hours for me. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I ever told you the way I got turned on to fly fishing is I went over to uh, the Root River in Racine when the salmon were running in the fall and yeah. into a 17 pound king on like a $40 fly rod yeah. and the gears were gone in that reel after that fish. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I need to go invest some money into this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great Lake steelhead can be, can be great. Um, I tried it a couple of years ago. Um, it was, it was fun. I just, I don't know. I couldn't get into Combat it. Fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, my first steelhead that I caught was, um, I have a couple of friends who live out in Buffalo. So I caught my first steelhead on the Niagara river. Oh, um, nice. and it nice. was, you know, it's hard to beat when you're fishing a hundred thousand CFS and yeah. it's, you know, you catch a steelhead and it runs and it has nowhere to go. I mean, where we were fishing, you took a step off the ledge and it's 30 feet deep and you're looking at hundred feet deep in the middle of the river, stuff like that. So it's, it's incredible fishing out there. So coming back here and fishing steelhead was a little different, um, you know, fishing right outside of Miller park and stuff like that. Yeah, downtown yeah, Milwaukee yeah. was fine. I, I could, I could see how, if you got good at it and learned your spots, how it could be fun. But for me, sure. I'd rather much go, you know, and it is a drive for me too. It's about a two hour drive to get over to Milwaukee. So I'd much rather go two hours the opposite direction and hit up Viroqua and kind of that area and fish the driftless. So, well, there's that killer river, uh, just, uh, comes out of Superior, Lake Superior. Very oh, uh, Wisconsin. I forget uh, the name of it. Is it the route? No, the route no, is not a racing. Yeah, but I know that's what you're supposed to have about. some yeah. phenomenal runs yep. up there, man. Yeah, I and the scenery brule, is good too. Brule, brule, yeah, yep. brule, yeah, b r u l e for yep. those interested. Yeah, and that's kind of a little bit more wild. It's a lot of uh, like national land, so it's a lot of it's like protected forest, kind of more adventurous yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, I've definitely wanted to get up there for that run at some point. Thinking. Was that an invite? Was that I an mean, invite? I mean, we could figure something out. We could figure something out. I think That'd it would be, awesome. be, would it be about this time? Maybe a couple more weeks? I feel like it's April. No, but... there, yeah, it's hard to say. It all depends yeah. on water temps. And, yeah, you know, that's true. Right now, it's been so I cold. I guess they're still days. frozen up there, so it probably wouldn't be for a while. But I mean, we got like two, three inches of snow over here yeah i saw yesterday, that so you know what are you yeah. gonna do yeah but very cool man so so what are you looking forward to in uh in 2020 man what what are you looking forward Ooh. to the most you got Ooh. any trips trips um, going on things like that too many trips um yeah I, well we have a trip to tentatively schedule depending on how this whole you know thing that's going around goes yeah. but in december uh we'll be going back me and my wife will be going back to grand cayman 
So nice. hopefully do some more bone fishing down there. Mm. Um, get tarpon crossed off the list of the is the goal. Oh, um, yeah, I know it's it's tough. It's tough. I tried. Um, we've been there twice now. So first two times was bone fish like strictly. That's all I was going after. Yeah. And this time I'm like, I've got those. I need to cross off another fish off the list. So we're going to spend a little bit more time going after tarpon this this time if we get to go. So You're going other than the that, big, big guys, yeah, they have some monsters down there and yeah, they're around, they're around. So it should be exciting. I, I'm going to take the e-socks with, see how that nice. copes against the, the tarpon. So we'll see. I mean, it's Put that rod to work. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more work than a muskie. So, <laughs> as big as they are, they don't fight the greatest. So we'll yeah, see how it handles get up to, a, a tarpon. They can get up to 150 pounds, man. They tail dancing out of the water, dude. Yeah, yeah. That is a fish that just puts on a show once you mm-hmm. hook into them, man. Yep, yep. I hooked into one the first year that I went down there and broke me off right away. I mean, one jump snapped off and. It's Oof. it's cool. It's yeah. really really cool. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, man. I'm I'm in the same boat. I was looking forward to finally fishing saltwater for the first time. I've fished all over the country. It's all been freshwater. Yep. Booked a trip to go down and fish with my man Dustin Nichols down in uh, Texas for oh, yeah. sea trout. Yep. And that's supposed to be like in two three weeks. I don't yeah. think that's happening. Yeah. I haven't canceled the ticket yet. Just fingers crossed. But just fingers crossed, holding on oh, hope. Oh yeah. Yeah. At least at least you aren't my buddy at work who had a um he was supposed to be leaving for Paris tomorrow. Or oh, not Jesus. Paris, uh Italy. He was supposed to be going to Rome tomorrow. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So it could be worse. So at least oh, you got man. some you got chance still that you'll make it down there. That's a bummer, man. Yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty sad state of affairs over there, man. And it's uh, tough. It's tough, man. and all you can do is just keep keep going on. I mean, at least around area, our area, there's plenty of fishing around here. Um, yep. There's plenty of good stuff, um, and like for me, um, that was a big thing for me this early season. Was I was just like, I'm gonna go explore. I'm gonna find some new creeks. There's always new water, so it might seem, you know, dire, like you're not being able to go on trips. You're not, you know, going to be, but explore those waters around you because you never know. You'll find some, you know, a stream or a lake that you've never fished, and it might be great. I got into a Brooks Trout stream that a buddy told me about um, last weekend, and it was phenomenal, like, and it's half an hour away from me, so. Did you say Brook trout. Brookies. Lots of brookies. Oh, Lots of brookies. Small little small little stream. Uh private land that I asked for access to that a buddy told me about and it's it's phenomenal. Oh it's, man. I lost like I lost count and I was trying a whole <laughs> new style of fishing too. Um I started trying to do so Euro Euro nymphing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm still experimenting with that. And I was catching fish doing that. And oh, I don't cool. know what I'm doing with it yet. So <laughs> if you knew what you were doing and stuff like that, 
it would be lights out. So yeah, it's, it's fun being able to explore and get out and try some new things. So what, I mean, refresh my memory, Euro nymphing, what's the setup there? Um, so I'm running, it's a 10 foot three weight. Um, so it's really long rod, uh, and really light. And all that you're basically doing is keeping a tight line to your nymphs. Um, so you basically don't have any fly line out. It's just a long leader to your nymphs and then two, one or two really heavy, um, nymphs. So when you cast those nymphs, um, sink down really quickly and um, they aren't affected by the current. So when you fish an indicator um, that floats on top so you can see your your flies or whatever when you get a strike, um, that indicator on top of the water is actually moving faster than the water underneath. So when you're tightline nymphing, you're not actually using an indicator. You're using like a, they call it a cider. It's basically yeah, yeah. a colored piece of line. Yeah, yeah. And what that does, it allows those uh, nymphs to sink down really quick and not get affected by the speed of the water on top. And you get a better drift through the water, basically, that isn't affected. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, like I said, it was another thing, too, that uh, just like the muskie on the fly, I haven't seen a lot of people around my area doing it. So I was like, I'm going to try something and see if maybe those pockets of water that, you know, other people have thrown their indicators through, I can pick it apart a little bit easier because it's definitely not a um, speed fishing thing or not. It's, it's sure. quick, but you can really pick apart. Like uh, if you have a hole, you can really pick it apart really, really like inch by inch versus kind of just running an indicator through it a whole bunch you can really pick apart a specific area hmm. that's interesting yeah i like that yeah i, I mean that's kind of similar how we uh, maybe not as similar there's an area of the colorado river we fish out in colorado kind of do something similar to that but a little different okay and out there we'll run we'll run like a big stone flyer uh, a heavy nymph um in the front and then we'll have two smaller like midges tail yeah. off the back of that yep um but sometimes we're casting distances and running a smaller indicator through these yeah yeah but sometimes you can get right over those pockets and then just kind of flip it and yeah and run it through there real quick yeah that's cool I and there's that, a couple man. different ways that people do it i know kelly gallup um he does basically a drop shot where he'll do two flies um, and then run the, uh, like a line off the bottom fly and actually put split shot, um, below that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so he's basically like drop shotting. Yeah. Um, but Euro nymphing, you have like a point fly and then a dropper. So your point is on the bottom and then your dropper would be up top. So there's a whole yeah. bunch of different, but yeah, it's all basically tight line nymphing. They call it. Nice. I dig it, man. Yeah. I dig it. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, we're drawn to the end, man, here. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on an hour almost. Perfect. So uh, I'll uh, I'll give you the floor to uh, thank whoever you need to thank and uh, say whatever you want to say, my man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, go check out Rocktown, obviously. 
Um, and go check out New Canoe. Um, great boats. Um, you know, motor options are endless. Um, and they're made right here in the USA. They're actually made right in Wisconsin. So it's a cool thing. Um, Oostberg. Yeah. Yes, Oostberg. I actually picked mine up right from the, the factory. So, yeah, go check out New Canoe. Um, yeah, and if you guys have any questions or anything, uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, stuff like that. So if you guys have any questions, I'm always available. Um, just send me a message. And normally I'm on my phone. I have a desk job, so I can I check stuff oh. more often than I probably should. But <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, if you guys have any questions about new canoe stuff or fly fishing or anything in general, just let me know, and I'll try and help out to the best of my abilities. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, I want to give a shout out. I know, um, you know, obviously we mentioned Rocktown Adventures, uh, mentioned Moving Water Outfitters down in Indiana. Like a lot of our local paddle shops yeah. have been hit hard by this yeah. coronavirus thing. Um, Rocktown, Rocktown had to shut down yep. uh, this weekend. Um, I'm not sure about Moving Waters. Uh, I know um, Loveland Canoe and Kayak out in Ohio, they're shut down. Yeah, I mean, a lot of shops are closed down. Um, if your shop has a website where you can order from, please go support those shops. Yeah. Rocktown. Yeah. Rocktown's got a website. You can order online, rocktownadventures.com. They're still checking messages. You can call yeah. to check and see if things are in stock. You can arrange an appointment to pick up a boat still, I believe. Um, I don't know about all the other paddle shops out there, but, um, just yeah. su support local guys. Um, this is a, a tough time, man, um, for, for everybody involved, whether you work for a big company or a small yeah. one. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously a lot of the smaller ones are taking bigger hits right now. Um, so if you can help support local in some way, um, fly you know, shops too. So. I know yeah. a lot of the fly shops in my area are closed. So anything yeah. local that you guys can do, if even just a rod holder, something like that, I mean, yeah. Try and try and pick it up local because anything at this time really helps keep people, even their spirits up, just getting sales and stuff like that. So yeah. I know a lot of guys are working really hard to, you know, deliver, you know, stuff out to cars if you need tying materials and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, paddling equipment because we are getting, even though it seems like a long ways away, we are getting closer and closer to that open water season. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you guys need anything, hit up your and local you, shops. Yeah, I mean, if you're stuck at home anyways because your place of business is closed, man, it's a good way to, uh, you know, kill the time yep. and, and and help uh, the local shops out that, you know, support you and your clubs and things like that. So, um, huge shout-out, man. Uh, Austin, thank you so much again yeah, for thanks taking for having time me. out tonight. Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. <laughs> anytime. We gotta, anytime. We we got to do that Brule River trip um, Ooh, for sure. Oof, dude. That, that that sounds spicy. Ooh, ah man. We'll we'll have to we'll have to talk. We'll we'll talk. We'll, we'll figure yeah. something out. I tell you what, I'll have my people call your people. All right, we'll do lunch. We'll do All right, lunch. That sounds great. I'm more of a dinner person, so. but we'll we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. Right on, right on. Well, we'll lead you out with the intro video, guys. Thanks a ton. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Thank you for the comments and the questions. Much, much appreciated.
Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Pod. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Brian. It's Josh. Brian and Jay. Dustin Nichols. It's Ricketts. I'm Brad. Susie Roloff. Sam Jones. We got Dan Perry with the best business Final cast. Chasing the tide. Saltwater segment here. Adventures with outdoor women. The real down on. <laughs> <laughs> Cyber Monday. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Happy birthday, you listeners. Oh god. This is a stud. He is a giant. Mr. Drew Gregory himself. Welcome to Got it. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle the letter N and Finn.com. Also check out YouTube youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin if you got a question comment or want to hear from a future guest feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media we're doing giveaways announcements things like that at facebook and instagram at paddle and fin shout out to our show supporters rocktown adventures leveling canoe and kayak Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.